You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. Or if you're not listening to the podcast, you're watching me on my NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel. Obviously, you, you found me, so I don't know why I just repeated that. But I'm excited because it is NBA Draft Week. My favorite day of the year is the NBA Draft. I'll take the NBA Draft over Christmas, even my birthday, which in this weird calendar year, my birthday and the NBA Draft are just three days apart. So overall, this is going to be a great week for me, and that's why I want to talk to you about this episode, which is brought to you by the live NBA Draft show, the NBA Draft GOAT, Chad Ford, and Locked On NBA Draft host, Rafael Barlow, and it still feels really weird reading ad reads about myself, but me and John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. That is me, Chad Ford, and John Corrales. We'll be live, live in Dallas, Texas, covering the NBA Draft. It is Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. You'll get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like this is a test that I've been studying for, so I'm not nervous. And it was a goal of mine. It was something that I wrote down about this time last year that I wanted to be a guest on someone's TV show as a draft analyst, and I got a little bit more than what I bargained for because I'll be a a co-host, so I'm really looking forward to it. But now let's get into the real reason why you're tuning in, because it is my mock draft 4.0. I'll just put it like this. I made some changes, which I think most people have probably made quite a bit of changes, I don't want to say that I overthought it. I felt like I overthought 2020, the 2020 draft, because we had so much time. I mean, the draft was in like November, and I started like really, really studying for the draft in like January. So I had too much time to overthink it. But let's just get right into it. The first pick it is the Detroit Pistons. I have them selecting Kay Cunningham. I think this is a no brainer, although I feel like Detroit made a wise choice to entertain some of the other picks just in case. Cleveland or Houston had a package that would blow them off the water. Oh, I forgot to mention, my mock draft is based off of if I am the general manager of each team in the direction I would go in. It's not necessarily a big board. It's not based off of intel. It's not based off of you know what I think the team will do. This is based off of me as the general manager. So I just wanted to get that clear. Number two it is the Houston Rockets. I was kind of leaning towards Evan Mobley pretty much all the way up until a couple days ago. But now, if I'm Houston, I'm going to go with Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green has the upside to be, I mean, just this tremendous go-to score. The reason why I selected him over Mobley is because I feel that Mobley would be best as like a secondary score. So, I mean, you look at like Anthony Davis and Chris Bosh. Those are two guys that he's been compared to. Neither one of those guys really won anything until they got paired up with LeBron. I know Davis won one playoff series against my Blazers. I don't want to relive that. 
But at number three, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have them selecting Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley will provide defense. It'll be an interesting fit with him and Jared Allen, but you can also say the same thing if he were to go to Cleveland. I'm sorry, or Houston with Christian Wood. At number four, it is pretty much the guy that I think everybody has penciled in or even written in marker going to Toronto. It is Jalen Suggs, the point guard, quarterback, floor general from Gonzaga. I think he'll be a good fit there. It sounds like Kyle Lowry is on his way out. I even read that Pascal Siakam is unhappy in Toronto. Now, that is very interesting, and that could possibly, you know, play a role on what happens on draft night. So, you know, that's something that I want to keep my eyes on. At number five, it is the Orlando Magic. I have Orlando selecting Jonathan Kaminga. So my top five is pretty much the same. I mean, if you've been listening, Kaminga to Orlando is something that I've been pushing for a while. I think it makes sense, even though there's going to be a lot of redundancy there. At number six, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder selecting Scotty Barnes. Now, if you had a chance to listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft, which was presented by Locked On, it was me, Chad Ford, and the Draft Dummies, and my guy Richard Stamen, who does Mav Draft. And when it came time for the Thunder to pick Scotty Barnes, I kept hearing about him being this ultimate glue guy. And I made the comment that kind of went viral was, are we selecting glue guys in the top six now? I still stand by that. You know, everything you hear about Scotty Barnes is that he's the ultimate glue guy. But it is still kind of weird to me that that's where we're going as far as selecting guys in the top six. Not a knock on Scotty Barnes' talent. I just think that his talent will be maximized most if he's on a team with a bunch of superstars. I don't know if you're going to see the best of Scotty Barnes on a rebuilding team. So that's just my opinion there. And number seven is the Golden State Warriors, and I made a change. Last time I had Davion Mitchell going to the Warriors. This time I have James Booknight. I think Booknight will provide instant offense off the bench. A good situation that will allow him to learn from some great vets. And I think it would just be a good pick for Golden State if they keep it. Would not be shocked if Golden State moves this pick because the window for winning a championship is, I mean, I don't think it's closed, but I mean, it's shrinking. And I see Golden State looking to package their two lottery picks and maybe James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins for an all-star caliber player. Something that they've been looking for since Kevin Durant decided to take his talents to Brooklyn. At number eight, it is the Orlando Magic back on the clock again, and I have them selecting Arkansas swingman Moses Moody. Moody shot 38% from three. Again, it will be a lot of wings in Orlando, and they're a young team. They're looking to rebuild, and I just think they're going to just kind of let the chips fall where they may. It's going to be a lot of redundancy there, but I have them selecting Moses Moody. At number nine, it is the Sacramento Kings, and I have Sacramento selecting Franz Wagner, almost called him Mo Wagner, because I just watched the Germany-Italy game. I've read somewhere that he has a guarantee there. I don't know how true it is. I think Wagner would be a, a good complementary piece as far as just kind of being like a connective tissue and a glue guy that kind of gels with this Kings team. But again, this is a team that a lot of their players have been mentioned in trade rumors from Buddy Hill. I saw Buddy Hill to the Lakers. Marvin Bagley's name has come up, or Sean Holmes is a free agent, but I think Wagner would be a good pick. Oh, and how could I forget about Harrison Barnes, whose name has also come up in trade rumors? Don't know what Sacramento is doing there, but I would not be stunned if this is a team that looks totally, totally different by the end of draft night. 
At number 10, it is the New Orleans Pelicans. And New Orleans is a team that has also been mentioned in a lot of trade rumors, but I have them selecting Jalen Johnson. And, uh, you know, a lot of Duke guys on the team. You, you just add another Duke guy. I think Trajan, well, Trajan Langdon went to Duke. You have Zion went to Duke. You have Ingram went to Duke. I mean, I know J.J. Redick is gone, but at one point it seemed like the team had a bunch of Duke guys. I think Jalen Johnson could be with a creative coach. I don't know how creative Willie Green is as a coach. I'm happy to see him get the job. But I think Jalen Johnson and Zion and Ingram could provide some creative, talented lineups. Very interesting to see what they do with Steven Adams. But this is where I would go if I'm the New Orleans Pelicans. When we return, I'll cover picks 11 through 20. But I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many different flavors? Like, it feels like they keep adding flavors. Now, if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, I just want to let you know that you are missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite flavor this week is German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're actually healthy. Check out the numbers. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar, and only four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. Like my guy Jackson Gatlin says, it does not taste like cement like other protein bars. Order today. You can get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BUILT and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code BUILT for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, back again. Pick number 11. I've been flip-flopping on this pick. And as of today, Isaiah Jackson is my guy for the Charlotte Hornets. I watched this film again. I think the guy has tremendous upside, which is a word I think has been overused. And I know I have a bad habit of using it a lot. But when I watch Jackson's film again, I'm starting to think that he was not able to fully showcase his whole skill set and everything that he brings to the table at Kentucky. It's been well known that there are guys that have sacrificed at Kentucky and they weren't able to showcase everything they could do. I think Jackson has some skills that could definitely translate to the NBA. If he can improve as a mid-range shooter, improve his jumper, I think it's going to open up his face-up game. He has some nice drives to the basket. He's a defender. He's athletic, a rim runner, vertical lob threat, great shot blocker. I think that he would be a very wise choice for the Charlotte Hornets before I had him selecting Kai Jones. So at 11, I have the Charlotte Hornets selecting Isaiah Jackson. At numero 12, I have the San Antonio Spurs going across the water and taking Turkish MVP, the 18-year-old throwback post player, Alperen Shingun. If you get a chance, go to my YouTube channel and look at the video I made. I compared Alperen Shingun to Al Jefferson, so we got, you know, Big Al compared to Big Al. So that's the new name, Big Al Peren Shingun. I like him in San Antonio. Hopefully we can bring the throwback center back. When I was watching the film, I just loved watching Al Jefferson on the block. 
mostly on you know the left block so he could drive right Shingun is a little bit better of using both sides of the paint but yeah I mean I want to bring throwback center back I don't know how it's going to happen I still think Shingun I still think there is a place for throwback players like Shingun so I think San Antonio would be a pretty good fit there at number 13 it is the Indiana Pacers and I have Davion Mitchell sliding I had him at goal number seven to the Warriors before and just kind of watching film I think Book Knight has more upside, and then it just kind of, you know, went from there. He would be, you know, a pretty decent fit with the Indiana Pacers. Curious to see what happens with Rick Carlisle there. Carlisle has kind of had a reputation for being tough on his point guards, but Mitchell will, you know, he'll share the backcourt. At least he'll share minutes with Malcolm Brogdon, probably play beside him, and I think that he's ready to come in and contribute right away. Carlisle isn't really known for liking rookie point guards. And so I think with Mitchell's experience, I think that will help him out and put him in a different situation as some of the previous point guards because the Pacers aren't really rebuilding. Even though they're a lottery team, I don't consider them a team that's rebuilding. At number 14, the last pick in the lottery, it is the Golden State Warriors, and I have them selecting Corey Kispert, the sharpshooter from Gonzaga, plug-and-play guy, ready to come in and play. If the Warriors keep their picks with Book Knight and Kispert, I think you added some depth at the wings. You got your, your bucket getter, your score, and Book Knight, and then you got your floor spacer. And, you know, solid defender in, in Corey Kispert. I think Kispert is an underrated defender. I think he's a pretty good team defender. So that wraps up the lottery. At number 15, I have the Washington Wizards, and I have no idea which direction the Wizards are going to go. But if I am the Wizards, I can't imagine Westbrook and Bill being there at this time next year. Time to start the rebuild. I know they kind of, you know, put it together a little bit at the end of the year. There are some rumors that Bill wants to go to Boston. I heard that, you know, between now and the draft, he, he, he may demand a trade. We'll see. But it's time to start the rebuild. I would go with Josh Giddy, the 6'8", maestro, playmaker, extraordinary passer from Australia. At number 17 is the Oklahoma City Thunder again. I have them selecting Usman Garuba, another international player. Garuba is one of my favorite players in this draft. Player for Real, played for Real Madrid. Don't really feel like they used him to his strength. He had a lot of... There were a lot of games where he was standing in the corner. Shooting is not his best asset right now, but I think he's the best defender in this draft right now. At least the best post defender. Um, some may say Scotty Barnes and some may say like Isaiah Jackson, but I think Garuba is ready to come in and contribute right now on the defensive end. He's also a really good passer. He hasn't really had a chance to really show everything that he can do in the short role as a passer, but I think that he's a, a really good passer. So I would go with Usman Garuba at number 16. At number 17, it is the Memphis Grizzlies who have been hitting the drafts out of the park. I mean, they've drafted very well. I have them going with Chris Duarte. I know it's a little bit of redundancy. They took Desmond Bain last year. I don't really know what rookie can come in and really contribute, but Duarte is, I mean, he, he's a veteran. He's 24 years old. He's a veteran, and he's older than quite a few guys that are on their on their roster now. But I think he's a plug-and-play guy. I think he's another shooter, and I think that would be a pretty good fit for Memphis. Maybe not the best fit for him because if he would have fell to another team, it would probably be more minutes. 
But the Grizzlies could also look to trade this pick because they have a lot of, I mean, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of good players, and they may be looking to package some of these players or some of their or this pick for maybe to move down in the draft or maybe to get another well-known superstar, secondary star type player. I don't know. But let's go on to pick number 18. It is the Oklahoma City Thunder back on the clock, and the Thunder are in position to swing for the fences. Might as well go for Sharif Cooper. Again, the Thunder had a good point guard last year in Tao Maladon, who had a good rookie year. Sharif Cooper is exciting, and Sam Presti just has to hit once or twice on all of these 17 draft picks he has. They're in the best position to swing for the highest upside. If the pick fails and doesn't work out, I mean, they got a bunch of picks behind it. So I'm going to go with Sharif Cooper here. A lot of people think that Zaire Williams would end up in Memphis or Oklahoma City at this range, but I'm going with Sharif Cooper. Cooper, Pokashevsky, Scotty Barnes. Team may not win a lot of games, but I think the fans will come out and support that team. I can't forget about Shea Gilgis Alexander. All right, at number 19, it is probably the hardest team to pick for because Knicks fans are going to be on my head regardless of the choice. But I'm going to go with Jared Butler. Hopefully everything checks out well. I know there was some issues. I think it was related to his heart. But I think that he would be a good game manager for the New York Knicks. He can defend. He can knock down open shots. He can run a team. New York has some issues scoring. There may be more sexier picks like a Trey Mann. Um, I know a lot of people wanted Cooper. But I would go with Jared Butler here if I'm the New York Knicks. And at number 20, it is the Atlanta Hawks. And I just mentioned his name. I would go with Trey Mann. If there's one position that the Hawks probably need some depth at or, you know, an additional player, it is at point guard. Even though I like Skylar May, shout out to Skylar. The Hawks are just deep everywhere at every position. But I think addressing a backup point guard, someone that can play with Trey Young and back him up, I think Trey Mann would be... You know, the ideal choice there, man, is like this rare three-point shot creator. So I like Trey Mann going to the Atlanta Hawks. And now I want to talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, ah, the info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. And all your UFC and MMA action before the next pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game. As your teams prep for the playoffs, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, and the promo code is locked on. All right, I'm moving through these. Moving on down to pick number 21, and it is the New York Knicks back on the clock again. And I have New York selecting Trey Murphy. Murphy will add shooting. I know the Knicks, on paper, they shot the ball well from three, but in the playoffs, they struggle with scoring. So me, as the new general manager of the Knicks, based off of this episode, I've added shooting. 
I've added size with Murphy. I think Murphy is, I think when you're starting to see his name rising up these draft boards, it's well-deserved. I mean, he's a pretty good athlete, has the combination of size and shooting to, I think, could possibly, possibly play positions two through four in the right lineups. I think that he has the potential to be a really good 3 and D guy. Trey Murphy to the Knicks would be my choice. At number 22, it is the Los Angeles Lakers. And if this was like, you know, on TV and there was a green room, you would see Keon Johnson there with tears rolling down his eyes, crying, trying to figure out why he is sliding so far down the draft. He is not the best fit for the Los Angeles Lakers. But the talent is there. And it's something that the Lakers could possibly package in a trade. But Keon Johnson is the best player available or at least the best player with the highest upside available. Again, I know it's not the best fit, but if I'm the Lakers and Keon Johnson is sitting there, I think that he has the talent and the upside that they could package, along with, I keep hearing, I think I saw that they're trying to package Kuzma and KCP to every team in the league. Adding Keon Johnson to that mix would definitely help them probably get a another score, another shooter in return. So, Los Angeles Lakers and Keon Johnson. So, Keon, don't look for a place in L.A. if this really happens because you are going to be on the move, my buddy. All right, at number 23, it is the Houston Rockets and another player that I have sliding. It is Kai Jones. Houston is also in position to kind of swing for the fences. They have a bunch of picks in the next few years. Kai Jones is someone that a lot of people may think is a lottery pick. Very high upside. Again, I know I use that word again. On paper, he shot 38% from three. It's on a low volume of attempts, but he is a very good athlete. Has the potential, again, there's the word again, to be a shot-blocking, rim-rolling, pick-and-pop guy. If, 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 if it all pans out, I've been on record and I've said it a million times. If he's an all-star in five years, I would not be shocked. If he's playing for Panathinaikos or Olympiakos, I wouldn't be shocked because he's really raw, but the upside is there. Back on the clock again, it is the Houston Rockets, and I got him selecting the professional scorer. He's been a professional scorer since he was a teenager. It is Cam Thomas. If you're Oak Hill's all-time leading scorer, you got to be special. Like Thomas has a game that is an acquired taste. I mean, the ball's not going to move. When he gets the ball, you know it's going up. Not the most efficient guy, but one thing he does do is get buckets. And he gets to the foul line. Got to the free throw line seven times per game, which is crazy in college basketball. And also, if you consider he shot seven three-pointers a game. So Cam Thomas would be this instant offense guy that could, I guess, be like a younger version of Eric Gordon, whose name has been mentioned in trade rumors. I think I saw some package where it's like Eric Gordon... And one of these late first round picks to Indiana for 13, which would give the Rockets two lottery picks. So that'd be pretty interesting if that happens. All right. At number 25, it is the Los Angeles Clippers. And I have them selecting Dayron Sharp. Sharp's name seems to be kind of rising on boards. I feel like he was in the late 20s at one point. Then he fell to outside of the first round. I guess he's had some good workout. He would give the Clippers some much-needed size. I mean, I think they need, like, another backup behind um, Zubox. Don't know about 
Serge Ibaka. I, I don't know. I've always thought Ibaka was older than the age he was listed, and this could be the year that he falls off a cliff. So I would go with some size there, even though they had a big from, uh, I forgot to get, Orturo from Minnesota last year. I still would go with Sharp there. I think he has a higher upside. At number 26, now remember, I am saying this as if I am the general manager, and it is my guy. I've had a chance to meet him. He worked out here in Dallas, hung out, went to dinner. I've been pumping him up since December. Chad Ford shouted me out and said that my advocacy for Vrenz Blindberg has helped other teams pay attention to him. Chad Ford, if the Mavericks are able to buy a pick somehow to, to get into it or trade for, for something, send, I don't know, if they wanted Ty, if Tyrell Terry wanted to go somewhere else and they're like, let's send Tyrell Terry for a second round pick. Who are some, you know, some sleeper type second round picks that the Mavericks could go after? Well, let's give a shout out to Raphael Barlow uh, from the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, who has been pushing Vrenz Blindberg from Belgium all year, was not on a lot of NBA radar screens. Uh, but I think Raphael was right about him. I think more of the teams have, have looked at him and pushed for him. Here's a seven-footer who can handle the ball, can pass the ball, can shoot the ball. If that is true, that is like crazy to me that teams are paying attention to my YouTube channel, my podcast, and it made them take a second look. But if that is the case, I also feel like, what in the world have you guys been doing? He's 6'11". He moves like a guard. He has the, the playmaking skills where you can run four or five pick and rolls. I think he can play him at multiple positions, maybe one through four, best case scenario. So I don't understand how Renz Blindberg has been underrated. I had him as a first-round pick back in December. You can check the videos out where I mentioned I thought he was a first-round pick. So far, I haven't seen him as a first-round pick on anybody's mock draft. But I do see him on boards now, which was not the case three weeks ago. So the Denver Nuggets have a good tra track record of developing international players, international oversized guards. Jokic is an oversized guard, even though he plays a center. I mean, those passing skills are guard-like. So I would love to see Vrenz in Denver. So at number 26, I have the Denver Nuggets selecting Vrenz. Blindberg out of Belgium. At number 27, it is the Brooklyn Nets. You have to feel good about your chances for next year if everyone is healthy. I still think there's some needs that the team can address. I know Blake Griffin is a free agent, played well at center. And if you're Brooklyn, all you need to do is just find a complimentary piece. So I would go with the shot blocking, rim protecting, with a little bit of post-game, Nemus Keita from Utah State, all he needs to do in Brooklyn is run the floor, catch passes, score off dump-offs, and protect the rim. If he can do that, then, I mean, there should be a role for him right away. I know they have Nick Claxton. DeAndre Jordan is pretty much a glorified cheerleader at this point, so I would go with Keita. At 28, it is the Philadelphia 76ers, and if I'm Philly... I'm going with upside here. I'm going with Josh Primo. Josh has the potential. Again, I keep using that word. But that's what happens when you have a draft full of guys that are 18 and 19 years old. The words potential and upside are going to come up often. But Josh Primo is a potential pick. I think that, well, I know that he's the youngest player in this draft. If he comes out in 2022, 
I think he's a lottery pick, if not a lottery pick, right outside the lottery. So I think that you kind of get a steal here if he's available, which I think he should be available. So at number 28, if I'm Philly, I'm going with Josh Primo. I think that he has the upside to be a floor spacer. I think that he is the prototypical NBA wing with his size, shooting, and he does show some flashes of being able to put the ball on the floor. So Josh Primo would be my choice here. At number 29, I was kind of torn on what I would do if I'm the Phoenix Suns. I was torn between Bones Highland, but I ended up going with Isaiah Todd. I think Isaiah Todd is very, very underrated. I think Isaiah Todd and DeAndre Ayton front court, I think that it will allow Phoenix to have versatility shooting. And I, I really believe that they would need to groom someone that can replace Jay Crowder. I know they selected Jalen Smith last year. He didn't play much, but I really like Isaiah Todd. Again, I feel like Isaiah Todd is highly, highly slept on, and I think that he's going to be a very good value pick for a team that selects him. And in this case, I have him going to the Phoenix Suns. And at number 30, the last pick of the first round, I have the Utah Jazz selecting Jaden Springer from Tennessee. Do not know what the future holds for Mike Conley, but I think the Jazz need to start looking in the direction of adding some depth at point guard. I think Springer could come in and, and earn some minutes as a defender in his rookie year. Offensively, I think that he has some skills that you can work with. May not have like the best first step or may not be like a player that I think can be an engine for a team, but I think that he can develop into a pretty good game manager and role player. So that's why I have the Jazz selecting him at number 30. And you're probably wondering, like, what happened to Bones Highland and Zaire Williams? Zaire Williams did not make my first round. I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for that. I'm not anti-Zaire Williams. But I'm a guy that believes in looking at the film. And when I watched his film, I was not impressed. When I looked at the numbers, I was not impressed. He's someone that I feel like is living off the hype that he had coming in to college basketball season. I understand that there are some factors there. I understand that he had a knee injury. Stanford was a team on the road. But again, me personally, I go by what I see on college as opposed to what I see in high school. I do look at the high school stuff a little bit to see if they're showing anything different. But I guess I use Precious Achua as an example. When I saw Precious's film in high school, he was handling the ball and dribbling. So I know that he has a little bit of that in his game, but I know that's not going to be the role that he plays in the NBA. Best case scenario, he's able to kind of unlock that. But for the most part, I just see him as an energy guy that may be able to tackle on straight line drives. With all that being said, with Zaire Williams, I see the potential a little bit, but I just did not see it on the college level. I think that he's best suited to go to a team like, let's say, Milwaukee early in the second round, a team that doesn't necessarily need him, but they can develop him and bring him along slowly. But that wraps up my last mock draft before the NBA draft. Actually, you know, I still have a little bit of time. I still have one more Locked On episode. I have a player that I'm hoping to bring on. I'm in been talking to his agent 
and we'll see if it happens. If not, then I'll probably do a second round, which is fun to me, which is why I cannot wait until the actual live draft show because the second round is where I feel like I really get a chance to show what I know and separate myself from a lot of the guys that, that watch the draft because the, the second round, I mean, it, it's, it, it goes by fast. I want to say it's like every two minutes, and then you have to know all of these international guys who may be drafting stash guys, even though a lot of the international players backed out the draft. So you got to at least be 60 to 80 to maybe even 100 prospects deep to be able to cover the second round effectively, and I'm looking forward to that. So that wraps up the show, but I want you to listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysts from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini, and former NBA general manager Ryan McDonough. It is the perfect, the perfect way to get ready for the NBA Draft. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That is Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And this is Raphael with Locked On NBA Draft. And I'm out.